Well, a lot of the ladies were relieved when they made it up here and realized that Quacha was talking about um, the possibility of how in Malawi they eat barbecued mice, and some misunderstood that we were serving barbecued mice today. So we have a whole nother level for many of us to be thankful to the Lord as we pray and thank him for our food today. So let's go before him. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to come to you after some wonderful time of studying your word together, Lord, to be refreshed and renewed in our hearts and our minds as we set our thoughts on you, Lord, to know that you are far above all that is on this earth, Lord, and all that is going on in our lives, and we are rejoicing, Lord, to know that you are building your kingdom across the world, and we're so thankful to have this Amwakas with us today, Lord. We thank you also for the food that you bless us with. We thank you for all the ladies who have worked to prepare it for us. And we ask that you would bless our time together in your son's name. Amen. Well, last week we heard a lot of updates from all of our different missionaries around the world, from some of them we got to hear just how they're doing. And a few of us were talking afterwards how you really have to make a plan of attack and how you're going to go about praying for them or even supporting them because it's really overwhelming to try to think through, okay, I'm going to pray for 100 missionaries. Obviously, that's not terribly practical. So some of the ladies were just sharing with how they do it. Just wanted to share with you some ideas. Um, some of them use the missionary calendars that our church gives out, and they go through month by month and pray for those each month that are on that portion of the calendar. Some of them also use the prayer cards and put those on a ring, so they flip through one each day and use that with their families. Some of them were also saying that they use the birthday and anniversary list that we give, and day by day, according to when their birthdays are, they pray for those missionaries on those days. So that's just some ideas that are helpful, and you guys might have other ways you do it that you might want to share with your friends as well, because we really want to be purposeful in how we do that, but we also want to be practical in how to attack that. And also with the cards, some of them were saying they want to commit to sending either an email or a card each week and kind of take that as their goal um, of uh, approaching that as well. But everybody does it differently. So again, feel free to share your ideas with each other, and we will continue to do our best to encourage our missionaries. Well, thank you, ladies, again, for allowing us to give you those updates. And we're so excited because we have Quacha, Amanda, Charlotte, and Shirley with us today. So we're grateful to hear from them, and you got to hear a little bit um, from Lauren as she introduced them. And Quacha and Amanda are going to come and share with us about their ministry. So we'll welcome them up. Well, thank you so much for having us here. And, uh, and thank you so much for praying, uh, for us and, uh, all those who are already in the mission field. Um, I, I'm gonna start, uh, by sharing my testimony and she's gonna pitch in her testimony too. And then we're gonna move it from there. But before I do that, I have to fulfill my promise to say it. I have to give you a recipe of mouse kebab. <laughs> I had a friend at one time he was visiting in Malawi and he challenged me and says, if I see, uh, a mouse kebab, I'll eat. I was like, oh, come on, man. Uh, you don't have to go far to find those, uh, mouses. Um, anyway, we found, we were walking somewhere, we found this, you know, uh, mouse that they had put on a stick and it was just drying on the ground, like on the, like on the, uh, just on the grass there. And so he's like, trying to move the who who left these things like you know they they are rotten I'm like oh no 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 don't touch those that's ready to be eaten so that's your challenge um basically how they cook them or how they prepare them is they just catch them and uh I I think they clean them um 
And then uh, they boil them with uh, salt, and uh, then they dry them, and they're ready to be eaten once they're dry. So there you go. One quick thing. Another way you can eat them, I guess on a high school, the trip that the high school trip took, the high schoolers went there, um, one of them hid one in an ice cream cone for one of the leaders. So that's another way you can eat them. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay, I was born in Malawi, raised there, um, and uh, um, as uh, we, as a family with church uh, going family, so we went to church. Uh, the church went to his Presbyterian. It's the biggest church, so like you know, in North uh, America, all uh, in, you know they have you know most people are Catholics. They're born Catholic. I was you know. In Malawi, most people are born Presbyterians. And Presbyterian is just more of like a mix of traditional beliefs and the Bible. So they, they use the same Bibles, they sing the same hymns, but they are mixed up with some traditional beliefs in that. Uh, I, you, in order to be a Christian, you had to take classes. So I took those classes and I was sure I was a believer. Uh, when I was in high school, I went to a school camp, uh, a youth camp. And at uh, this camp, they preached every night for 10 days. And uh, while I was sitting in these uh, sermons, you know, every time I felt like, you know, I was fearful. Uh, I wasn't at peace, and I didn't know why. And uh, it wasn't... Uh, it didn't take long to realize that one of the things that made me uncomfortable was when they talked about hell and they talked about death. And uh, I just felt uncomfortable. I felt, you know, so fearful because I was afraid what uh, what was going to happen to me if I die. And then the answer came through those sermons. One of uh, the things that they highlighted was, you know, uh, uh, hope. You know, I realized that uh, I needed hope. That's what, uh, the reason why I was fearful is because I didn't have a hope. And so through that preaching, you know, I got saved. And uh, from there, things changed in my life in terms of everything, drastically. That, you know, whatever I was pursuing to do uh, uh, before that changed. Uh, I, I started wanting to get involved in the ministry and get involved in teaching uh, the Bible. And so uh, through that, God, you know, different ways brought me here to Master Seminary. So I've been here for nine years now. Um, and so looking forward to go back. Well, after the whisper, they will, she'll be able to share her testimony. Okay. Um, I think it's... Lauren mentioned I was born just down the street, and uh, I, uh, yeah, was raised by Christian parents. She was literally born in the church <laughs> here, because uh, the hospital is close to the church, so. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, my parents met here, and so, um, yeah, I was raised here all my life, and, um, you know, I can't remember a time that I didn't believe in Jesus, and believe in God, but um, there there was a time, mainly in junior high and high school, even a bit of college, where I just really struggled with doubting my salvation, and um, yeah, knew, uh, I believed the truths of scripture, and I believed I was a sinner, but I just 
didn't really see my sin, and I think God used that to really show me my sin and that I needed him, and um, just really, I think mainly through college, just really showed me um, just that you can't save yourself, that it's just only through Christ alone, and um, yeah, just uh, even, I think it was in college where I really started getting an interest in missions, and was reading Elizabeth Elliot books, and um, didn't necessarily want to go by myself, um, but was always open to that. And, um, yeah, then Quadra came along, and that's that. <laughs> so. Yeah, she was a special one. Uh, and it says, I came here to do school, but God blessed me with a wife. It was hard to find the right wife in a sense that I went out with quite a few girls, but whenever I start sharing of my future plans, they disappeared. But she stayed, so it was the sign. Um, I want to share with you quickly with uh, uh, just basically, this would be a mix of uh, uh, how Malar looks like and what we're going to be doing there. And so I'm just going to run through this PowerPoint, and uh, I guess it's going to use this thing. Um, yeah, maybe the lights can go. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, uh, Balawi, uh, is one of, uh, third world countries in Africa. It's in the southern Africa. Um, let me see. What is that? Okay, so that's, this, that's the team that's, uh, going to Malawi there. Uh, there is, uh, I always say there's like three beautiful girls and a man. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's been great. Uh, to have the family that everybody is on it, holding that rope to go together there. You need a team to go into places like that. Uh, so, that's Amanda, my wife. These little ones are here, Shirley and Charlotte. Uh, 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 the older one is three and a half, and the young one, one and a half. And then there is a little Magnolia coming up, I guess, joining the team. Uh, and then here's something that I haven't done Anywhere else, where we've, we've gone to so many churches, so many places to present at this, but you are special. So you're going to get to visit and see my family. So that's just a whole part of my family. Um, and uh, they all leave different places. Uh, uh, my parents leave like six hours from where we're going to be leaving. And, uh, I, uh, but we're going to be with my two sisters uh, in, in the town that we're gonna believe in, that which we're gonna live closely. And my youngest brother, who's not there, he lives like, uh, four hours south. And so we're kind of sprayed out. Now, I'm just gonna walk you through with just questions that I've been getting. And, uh, so there you go. The first question I get, you know, where are you going? Uh, well, we are going to Malawi, and I think whatever the flag you saw there, that's Malawian flag. And where is Malawi? Malawi is in Africa, as I said, right down there where we are. And that's just a, sort of a, a bigger picture. I think uh, this one kind of shows we have three main cities. Up north, there is called Mzuzu, uh, and then the... Uh, Central part is uh, the long way. That's where we're going to be leaving. That part. And then Blanter is like the uh, southern one. And Blanter is well connected to uh, David Livingstone uh, in the sense that the 
the town itself was more structured in a more kind of a Scottish way. Uh, I mean, uh, but um, I think Blanta is uh, the village where David Livingstone was born, and so they used that name for that. Uh, so that is Palau. That's just, it's very small. So those are like the main cities. And as you can see, Lilongwe is central, so uh, whatever we do in a long way, it's just going to make impact, and uh, it makes it so accessible for all corners of the country to be there. So we're excited to be strategically on that place. What does Malawi look like? Uh, that's the question that's hard to answer, but I'm going to try. If you want, this I call this is like in a VHS, you know, and I want to use like those video thing. Uh, they, 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 they are different from, you know, HD, you know, that they do now. But if you want to really see the really clear of what Malawi looks like, you have to come to Malawi and see it. But here you go. Um, so you have two different categories, basically, in, in just general. You have village uh, life and you have town life or city life. This is more of like a village life and that's just, oh, Oh, we can't see the picture. There you go. And so that's just more like, you know, in a village places, people are, you know, it's like bush and fields and, and all that. And you have like a house sometimes with tinned roof, uh, or most of the times houses with grass thatched roof. And, uh, and so they live there. They make them strong enough to stand the wind or, uh, the rains because it rains so hard there. Uh, and so, then, you know, this is more like a town in the village will look like. It's just some grocery stores and, uh, uh, and then people come buy, you know, salt, sugar, you know, oil, cooking oil. And then if, uh, this is like more of a free open market where you go, uh, and it's all organic stuff here, um, because they haven't really gotten developed to buy stuff with chemicals. This is all they can afford. And including that chicken that's walking there, that's very organic also. <laughs> you would, it's tough though, uh, so you have to cook it well, um, and you have to have really good teeth. Um, and so how do city life look like? And uh, this is just more of like low income area in the city, that's just how it looks uh, that way. Um, most of the time, Houses are just packed together. I mean, like, there's, there's no plan. I mean, everybody just builds, you know, a house wherever they want. And so there's, sometimes it's hard to get the roads in there. Um, so, but that's just better. But this is more of like, uh, uh, more of middle class places where, you know, uh, uh, so you have that going on, uh, in the city. Uh, and then this would be like more of a town, uh, city will look like that. Um, just, a little bit close to what, you know, we have here. Um, and uh, that's part of it. And this is downtown a little long way where we're going to be. You, the, you see those two towers down there? Those are two, probably the biggest mosque in the city. Uh, they're all different. Um, so we have Muslims there. Uh, they are the minority, but they're there. They make their presence well known there. Um, and then if you're wondering, where am I gonna, am I just gonna be eating mouse? No, there is some food there you're gonna be able to get. Uh, so don't be scared. Uh, there is good food. Uh, and so those are like the grocery stores if you're, 
And so, you know, you'll be curious to see how does, uh, you know, Malawi generate income. Um, there's basically the biggest ways, uh, uh, agriculture. So economically, what they plant is you have tobacco and they plant tea and sugar cane. I will show you, uh, in a minute. This is tobacco. That's how it looks. And that's probably where they get more of their income. And then you have tea, they have tea plantation and sugar is up there. Um, and then they also have tourism is also where they generate income. Um, as you can see there, we have uh, uh, these animals uh, that some of them are on our backyard, but it's about three miles away uh, to get them. Our backyard is just too long. Oh, good, cool. This was the one that I wanted to show. Uh, so they're going to be way far from you, so don't worry. They're not going to uh, destroy anything. Uh, but, yeah, so those are just things that brings people to see the country. Uh, what do people worship? And that's the key thing that I want you to, to just uh, um, to see. Is that, you know, so the biggest religion is Christianity. And uh, in there you have Presbyterian is probably the biggest of all. Uh, then you have Roman Catholic. And then throwing charismatics are there, and they're growing so fast. Um, and then you have also Islam uh, that is growing, uh, even though they're the minority. Now, uh, this is the probably the first uh, Presbyterian church that was built way back by the missionaries. Uh, it's really pretty building, but it's very dated. Um, and so um, this leads to what we're going to be doing there. Uh, what are we going to be doing there? Our biggest thing that we're going to be doing is strengthening the church uh, leadership there. Um, what has happened is that we have like this, uh, uh, we have Presbyterian as the biggest church, uh, but now you have Charismatic that have walked in and they're sweeping not just Malawi, but the whole African continent. And uh, what's happening like in Malawi, uh, there are so many churches right now. Like if you go to like elementary school, because there it's not as you know uh, strict as they are here, uh, you can have a church in uh, schools, public schools. So actually, public school make money out of that. And so if you go to a public school, like elementary school, if they have like twenty classes, probably fifteen of them will be occupied by fifteen churches, and it is crazy because. Share your experience when you went to that school, to church when you went. With the church? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How it's like, you know. Yeah, so they, so they're, the church meets at a school, and pretty much each schoolroom has a different church in it, and most of them are charismatic, and so they're all speaking in tongues and singing loud and just kind of almost trying to outdo each other, so it's just very chaotic. I mean, you kind of. And the windows are kind of open, um, so you just can't really concentrate that well. Oh, yeah. So it's like full blast. This guy, they have, like, loudspeakers next to, like, 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 you know, you petition this, like, three sections. These guys are going at it, and we're going at it, and it's like charismatic chaos. It really happens there. Uh, and uh, And so, but what happens is, like, most of these pastors of this church, uh, first of all, I have to say, how do these churches come, you know, how do they plant these churches? It's like 
everybody wants to be the founder of the church. And so if you have like a founder and then the associate and the associate realizes I can't get the benefits that this guy is getting, I have to have my own thing. So they break away from that church, take some other people, they walk away, they start their own church. So you have people who have not been trained or not well trained start these churches all over the places. And so what we have is that so many churches that are shallow uh, out there. And so uh, that's why uh, this becomes more um, important, significant, uh, trying to train church leaders uh, because we realize uh, most of them want to learn, but they don't have opportunities. The opportunities they have there, most of them are not good kind of uh, um, uh, uh, training places. And so so that's basically our goal is go to get involved there. And uh, there is already a school there that has started, I think, two and a half uh, years ago. Um, and I went there right when it opened. I taught a class there. It was just the fascinating. I was just so excited to see how much these uh, students were, uh, their desire, their passion wants to learn. But three quarters like of the class I had was charismatic pastors. Uh, and that's 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 our pool. <laughs> it's charismatic people, um, and so it's yeah, pretty much. I think there was like uh, thirty some people, thirty something people. Thirty of them would be like pure hardcore charismatic. Um, and but they want to learn, and so that excited me. I know the process is going to take longer, um, but so uh, we're going to be working with this. And here are some of the students at the school. It's called Central African Preaching Academy, uh, Kappa in short. And uh, uh, my job will be train these pastor, teach them, and also mentoring. They 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 live in different areas, like far places uh, where a road is not accessible. So my goal is that uh, I want to visit them because the only way I'll be able to understand uh, them how they do things is to just be in their church and see what they're doing. Uh, I feel like I'll be helpful, but it will be a lot of work to try to get to their places. So that's kind of the plan. And that's one side of uh, aspect of ministry we're going to be doing. The other one would be working with church plant. Uh, there's two churches right now that uh, are church plants. Uh, this is one of them. And um, uh, the, the guy who passed, this is a dear friend of ours. And uh, and this is another church plant. So you can see there are two they're all small churches and the goal, I've been working with these two pastors for a while now, trying to see if we can merge these two churches and come something and build like a foundation uh, because there is no good churches right now that is like headed by a local national guy in Malawi that's biblical and uh, that they're, they're teaching theological sound in there. So, so those, uh, uh, that, that is basically um, the, the two ministries we've involved and uh, the goal is basically to enrich local churches with biblical faithful church leadership. And because if we train the church leaders, then you're training all the people that they are pastoring. And so that's why the target has been just these leaders, church leaders. And so far, the response has been amazing. And uh, we want to run with that response and... Uh, See how God can use us out there. I ran so fast, and so I guess I don't know. You have something to share? 
that. Otherwise, um, it will be questions. <laughs> well, I think we were just talking about like um, because you know we were told one one thing we could talk about is just some historical or cultural differences there that could affect ministry or just um, and one thing that might have been obvious I don't know but um, the British colonized Malawi so the official language there is English so that makes it a lot easier for me at least um, to be able to talk to most women Um, uh, there's uh, the churches in the villages or the people in the villages um, they, they don't typically speak English right so I mean but we're going to be in the city so most people there speak English uh, yeah I think that opens up so much for Malawians uh, in a sense that English and you have so many resources in English so you don't have to translate things um, and also like all these missionaries they don't have to you know do like two year of uh, you know um, school first language school first and then so you can just jump in right away and start teaching so um, so that's very exciting yeah and I mean she she would choose to learn the language it's gonna be helpful for her, uh, especially when we visit in the villages and stuff like that so and sometimes this family just will speak in one of those other languages that they know so that so she can't just, hear what it'd be nice to know what they're saying <laughs> but, uh, yeah I think one other thing I can't remember if Kwacha mentioned this but um He's told me, at least, that Malawians are very open to learn. They want to learn new things all the time. So, in one sense, it's nice because they're they're open to hearing the truth. And I've even seen that with um, our his sisters. We don't believe are saved, and neither are nieces and nephews. And um, just even seeing their openness to when we um, most of them have visited here, and just um, being able to talk to them, it's been neat to see them be open um but at the same time they're kind of open to hear anything i think and just um that'd be a prayer just that they'd be discerning and and that god would open their eyes to the real truth so. yeah and a curious no well we actually we were had planned on leaving in July, but now we're leaving in um, probably early February um, because just talking to the people here, just um, we were counseled to stay and just have the baby here. Um, it'll definitely be safer, especially I have a couple things that make it technically a high-risk pregnancy. So, um, yeah, we'll deliver the baby here and then hopefully go about two months later. So. But there is a hospital. It's they, yeah, there are hospitals, and but just to give you a picture, they have about, uh, I think, 15 million people. But I think, if I'm not wrong, they have about, uh, I don't know if there are even 100 doctors. Mm-hmm. There might be even less than that. So so that's just to give you a picture of uh, medical school. Most, uh, I think, uh, people who, you know, started get become doctors, they go just other places uh, to make money because otherwise. So yeah, so it, and, and in most uh, hospitals have, have been facing like lack of medication and stuff like simple stuff like that. So, but yeah, yeah. 
Um, there is a school. There's a school at the, well, at the. Like a college. Yeah, there's a college there that a lot. Um, some of the missionaries have their kids go there. A few, I think. Um, but it's a little pricey, and I got my teaching degree, so yeah, our plan is to homeschool the girls. Yeah, and so we have uh, the Florins who have probably lived the longest out there. Um, uh, Matt and Rachel Florin, and they have two girls out there. And uh, and then we have uh, uh, the heirs, Jim and Bethany heirs, um, and uh, there are three uh, kids. And we also have uh, the Temples, Dave and is it Amy? Amy uh, Temples. And uh, we do have Tony McCracken and Sandy, um, and uh, the the cops uh, Matt and uh, Brian cops. Um, so uh, some of them I, I I haven't really spent time with them. I, I know the areas very well, and I know the uh, Florins very well. And some of the families have just moved out there, so we're looking forward to get to know them. So yeah. Will you be living? near these other families and and do you already have established a, an idea of where you're going to live yeah thankfully uh we we're going to be closer to them uh at least close in the same neighborhood area and uh, uh we've been able to get a house we have a house right now which has been great blessing and so actually i'm going there in october to just kind of get set up uh with that because when we move in february uh, we will still have either things in the container to be, you know, thrown into the house. Uh, so it'll be a mess with the baby. Uh, and so I have to go to do as much as I can. Um, uh, I, I, th- I know it's going to be dismantled what I do there because I'll be by myself. And when she comes, I think a few things will have to change again. So, <laughs> But I got to do something. So. Yeah, um, first is the baby. Um, as she mentioned, um, we are considered high risk. It's considered high uh, pregnancy. That's because um, one of the things she has gestation diabetes. Uh, and, uh, and so we're trying to deal with that. God has been gracious that she's been able to deal with it with diet, uh, not using insulin. So we want to keep it that way. Um, and so that's a big, and then um, the other thing is just um, uh, there's just so much that we have to do. Like we have to do parking and we have to run around um, trying to raise support or do all, all kind of things. So, uh, I mean, just praying that, you know, we'll, there will be some sort of an organization to it that things somehow will be able to work. Uh, out that um, and also um, what else? Well, I was going to say along with the the pregnancy or just health. Um, I have another condition called ulcerative colitis, and it tends to flare up after I have a baby. It's great when I'm pregnant, but afterwards it tends to flare up. So that could be a prayer request. Just that hopefully this time it might not. So 
especially since we'd like to leave soon after. But yeah. and then, yeah. I think those are kind of the big ones. things. And just yeah. I think just unity too with the team when we get there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's good. You can stay up here, Quach, if you guys. We're going to pray for you now just to end our time. You can join your wife on that. I don't want to stand between you guys. (laughs) Well, it's been a joy to hear, hasn't it? Just as they prepare and the team that you're going to and the ministry that the Lord has laid out for you. So let's go to him now and let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful for how you have specifically been preparing Quacha and Amanda for the ministry that you have called them to in Malawi, Lord. We thank you so much for how you saved them, for how you have trained them and equipped them, Lord, and how you will continue to do so even as they go forward, Lord. We thank you so much for the support that they have from their families, from the church here, Lord, and we ask that you would be with them in the minor details now, Lord, of fitting things together and so many things that seem like need to fall into place, Lord, before they actually set foot in Malawi, Lord, but we know that you are God of the minor details as well, Lord. We thank you so much for the safe pregnancy that you've given Amanda thus far, and we do ask that you would be with Magnolia, be with Amanda, that you would keep them healthy and strong. We do ask, Lord, for the gestational diabetes, for any things that could come up even afterwards, Lord, that you would just be gracious in that and cause her to rely on you, Lord, and we trust you, Father, to provide everything that she needs, Father, in those moments, and that you would remind her, Lord, of your grace and your mercy. God, we also pray for Shirley and for Charlotte. Father, we know that it will be a transition for them as well, Lord. And so we pray for all of the busyness and the times ahead that you will give Quacha and Amanda grace and patience with them, Lord, but also be with their little hearts as well, Lord, to prepare them to make a new home, Lord, to make new friends, to be a part of a new church body, God. And I do pray that you would give Amanda and Quacha grace, Lord, as they go through those transitions themselves and we ask for the church, Lord, that you would bless them with the addition of this wonderful family, that you would use Quach and Amanda, Father, for your glory in the lives of the believers there, that you would give them great humility and wisdom as they set forth, Lord, to be a light and a testimony there, Father. We also pray for the training center for Kappa, that you would Give Quacha the endurance and the perseverance to prepare for his classes, to take care of all the many needs at the church as well, Lord, and to disciple and shepherd these men, Lord. Father, we thank you for their hungerness, for their desire, and we do pray for discernment, Lord, for them, that they would be hungry and desiring, Lord, the truth of your word. And so we do pray that you would use them greatly for your kingdom, Father, as they prepare to go out to the villages, to all parts of Malawi, to other big cities as well, Lord that you would use them to be your spokesperson to share the truth of your word with many, Father. And we thank you that you are calling believers all over this world, and we know that you have predestined, Lord, those in Malawi also, and you have called even your people, Lord, scattered through different parts of that country. And so we're so thankful and eager for the ministry there. We do pray that you would continue to bless the team, that you would unify them and strengthen them, Lord, and that you would use them as a mighty force for your kingdom. Thank you for our time together today. In your son's name, amen. Well, ladies, thank you again for being here. We'll look forward to seeing you back next Wednesday. Thank you.